This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Hey there, and welcome to EduTech Guys. I am David Henderson, Technology Coordinator for Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative. And I'm Jeff Madlock, the Technology Coordinator for Hope Public Schools. And uh, welcome to today's episode. We've got all kinds of uh, cool stuff to talk to, about, talk to you about uh, in uh, regarding technology in education. We will have Superintendent of Hope Public Schools in Hope, Arkansas, Bobby Hart. He'll be here uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, but uh, we're going to start things off with uh, an address that was... Uh, given to the uh, AASCD conference earlier today, and that is the Arkansas Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development, and it was given by uh, Commissioner Key uh, in regards to state assessments for the upcoming 15-16 school year. Um, Basically, uh, what he told that group was that uh, there would definitely be an assessment for the next school year, which really is not a surprise. I mean, you have to do something. You can't do nothing. Um, well, you could do nothing, but then there are plenty of uh, monies that go along with that that you wouldn't receive. So <laughs> uh, we are not going to do nothing. Uh, the state is going to have some kind of assessment. Uh, I think um, what was probably... They, um, if there was anything kind of shocking about, about what he said, um, at least for me, it was that uh, evidently um, he said that he would take his recommendation to the state school board uh, on July 9th. So um, assuming that uh, the other players who are part of this picture meaning the state board, meaning the uh, finance, the state finance committee who's responsible for uh, signing contracts, allocating money, that type of thing. Um, assuming that everybody plays nice until July 9th, it looks like that would be the soonest that we would hear anything in terms of where the state is going for uh, the assessments. Now, earlier in the week, the governor sent a letter to the commissioner uh, about 
not renewing park, um, basically flat out saying we are not going to go with park. So the presumption at this point uh, is that it will most likely be the ACT Aspire uh, battery of tests. We don't know that. That's you know, ab absolute just speculation. And Wasn't, that was the one that was, uh, that was suggested by yes. the, the governor's council that was looking into this whole thing. Exactly, right. So, yeah, so, you know, you have the governor's council saying, we think you should go with ACT Aspire. You have the governor sending a letter to the head of ADE saying, don't do park. Uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, I don't think, <laughs> to kind of start to add up uh, two and two and come up with Pearson-owned Aspire. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't think it really matters to either of us what they do. No, nah, no. Nah. You know, because we did online here, and that's the majority of schools, the large percentage of schools in the state of Arkansas are doing online testing. Right. But the only thing that will really change will be, you know, the interface, you know, the uploading of students, registering of students, that whole kind of thing. So I don't think it'll be a big deal. I think that most of the schools this year learned everything they needed to learn about one-to-one -one and bandwidth and, you know, the whole logistics of giving online testing. Absolutely. And so... I think the panic is is this the panic? You're like, oh gosh, it's something new. But well, and and I can definitely understand. I think there's I think there's definitely the panic. Now there's something else we've new. But I think that's also a frustration. Um, you know, we spent the better part of the last year and a half going over park, learning park, understanding the whole test nav environment, and then you know spent a bulk of the fall. You know, this past fall. Um, really, even up after Christmas break into early spring, training the test administrators, getting making, making sure all the tech was in place, all that kind of stuff. And now, you know, it, granted, it's not going to necessarily be a complete do-over, but it's going to be a do-over, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's going to be a do-over. So I think, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of frustration. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm sure panic is part of that, but. But, you know. Two weeks ago, we had on um, uh, what name completely left me. Hope Allen. Hope Allen, and uh, she, yeah, she. But she answered some questions that I think were uh, generalistic, meaning that they learned some stuff no matter what we're using, whether right. we're using Pearson Park or we're using ACT and Aspire or whatever. That, that they they know where the faults are, and we can fix those pretty easily. Exactly, and I, and I think that's going to hold true for, I guess we can't say all the districts, but most of the districts in the state. You know, that's the big takeaway. We everybody learned, or hopefully, <laughs> most districts anyway learned something along the way, and it could very well be infrastructure related. It could have been, you know, like you said, you know, one to one implementation that went along with that, or um, you know, a myriad of other issues that may have cropped up. Those get addressed that wouldn't necessarily have been addressed. Now we're that much further down the road with whatever the state wants to do. Right. Yeah, I think that's so. going to be a good thing. So, hey, taking a look at tech news, uh, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. We come to you every Wednesday, 3 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time during the summer. Uh, we're coming to you today live from Hope Public Schools Administration Building in Hope, Arkansas. Uh, we bounce between uh, here and the, the Southwest Arkansas Educational Cooperative. Uh, taking a look at tech news, uh, first off, Windows 10. A lot of guys are moving to Windows 10. Uh, everybody's kind of looking at it because that's what you're going to get on a new PC, most likely. Windows is pushing the snot out of it. 
Windows 8. What happened to 9? But anyway, it doesn't matter. So I know the answer to that. You know the answer to that? Tell us Do you want to know the answer I don't to that? Know the answer okay, to that. go ahead. So, <laughs> so Windows 10, what's the big deal with Windows 10? Well, because everybody thinks they're going to get it for free. Well, yeah, here's the deal with Windows 10. Um, you can go download the, the current beta version, and I know they don't call it that, but it's the beta version of Windows 10. And you can install that on a brand new machine. Right? You don't have to have any existing license to install the beta. Well, evidently, sometime early, uh, late last week, Friday, Saturday, somewhere in there, um, Microsoft released um, information that made it sound like anybody who was running the beta would get full-blown Windows 10 RT for free. Well, then they came back by Sunday slash Monday and said, whoa, 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 that's not exactly what we meant. What they meant was that you would continue, if you're in the beta test program or you want to get into the beta test program, you will be allowed to use Windows 10 in beta basically for as long as there's a Windows 10 in beta. The kicker is that they push out the beta updates automatically to you. So you, know, you might have a perfectly running stable Windows 10 beta and then, and then they, the yeah. <laughs> And well, then they scrap the whole thing. Well, there's the problem with school. It's not good to even look into that because, right. first of all, it's going to cost us. Second of all, if you do the beta, then, you know, policies and things, it'll just get wiped out every time it updates. Yes. You're just it's useless even doing that. Exactly. Uh, the other big news this week is really big is Google now has the unsend uh, function. Yeah. I, you know, that's, that's, that's always been one of those uh, lab add-ins that's not officially supported. Right. Well... Now it's official. Yeah. The only problem with it is what it does. You turn it on in your email settings. You go to your email settings. You can turn on unsend feature, and it delays your email by 30 seconds. So, you know, if you send that email out berating your boss, then you have 30 seconds to go in and unsend it before it hits their email. I wonder if it works kind of like um, Exchange used to also. As long as it stays unopened, it can still be retrieved. I don't know if that works. Uh, so that used know. to be something yeah. with Exchange. Guess, guess we'll have to play with that. But, I, you know, my that that's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, okay, yeah, maybe it's nice that you can recall that, but it's only a 30-second window. I mean, you know, I don't know about most folks, but it usually takes me a little longer than 30 seconds to realize I should not have said that. <laughs> I used to I'm, a, know it. I'm a slow. I'm a slow learner. I know it before I say it. That's how. I <laughs> so, you know it while you're typing it. I should not be doing this. Um, uh, other things. Uh, top. We were looking. I saw a great article on the top three learning management platforms that are out there that are being used around the country. Uh, the number one is Edmodo, which Edmodo has been around a long it time. It has. Yeah. Uh, number two is Google Classroom, and uh, number three is Moodle, and uh, those are pretty popular. Well, I tell you what. It. Um, and if those are ranked in order of what I don't know popularity distribution I don't know what the rank is there but regardless the fact that Google Classroom is two on the list given how long Moodle has been around yeah, it and already. the fact that yeah I mean you know for all we know it's creeping up and, and take over Edmodo well you know Google I, you know, Classroom didn't go live until last September yeah you know I mean, so it's not even a year old yeah so it's already past Moodle uh, one and again, that was one of those things, sorry to interrupt, but um, Google Classroom was another one of those that was actually a series of add-in pieces and parts that were developed that by, Google Lab. you know, yeah, Google Labs, and then 
court, you know, it caught on like wildfire and then they made it official. Well, interestingly enough, I don't think people know the power of Google Classroom, that it's not just for classroom use, but for meetings, for any group or organization that meets. I mean, it could be used by a church. It could be used by a civic organization and by a school. Sure. Uh, absolutely. Here, here in Hope, we also use it for our principal's meetings. You know, that's our administrative meetings. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing. Uh, there's a great website. Uh, it'll be up on the website our website after it's all over and we'll Twitter it out to tweet it out. <laughs> that Twitter stuff. We'll tweet it out here in just a second. It's a great little website. I thought you might like seven ed tech instruments to develop your students writing skills. Big deal. That's something you can start pushing your kids to do this summer because inevitably a kid's going to get bored this summer and they're going to read and they're going to need to write or either or. And sure, so that would absolutely. be a good time to do it. It covers seven different things. A couple that it covers are Microsoft OneNote class notebooks. That's cross-platform. iOS runs on all those platforms. Uh, right to Learn, which a lot of schools use. Right to Learn is a really neat site. And uh, Weebly for Education. That's just three that it does discuss. And we've used Weebly for Education. And I think you've done well, a and, workshop. And, uh, I, well, yeah, and, and I've taught several workshops showing schools how to use Weebly for Education. And in the uh, Southwest Co-op area uh, here in Southwest Arkansas, uh, we actually have um, at least one uh, of our schools that that is, they're using Weebly as their main school website. Uh, and they like it a lot. They love how easy it is to use. Uh, they can restrict down to the page level. Uh, so they're really, they've enjoyed it. In fact, they've been using uh, Weebly to host their web page for several years now. Uh, and, and through a couple of, of tech uh, coordinators at the district so uh, it, it's worked out really well for them that's cool I'm on my help of uh, make sure my mic's are on you are you on yeah hey uh, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com uh, we're live right now coming from Hope Public Schools in Hope Arkansas you can catch us there or you can catch us at Mixler M-I-X-L-R dot com slash edutechguys follow us on Twitter at at edutechguys E-D-U-T-E-C-H-G-U-Y-S you can follow David at D-A-V-I-D I-N-A-R-K, David and Ark, and myself, Jeff Madlock, at J Madlock. Hey, we're really excited today. Um, my boss is here, and uh, we've heard from him before. He's been on a, a previous show when we were doing the Corwin uh, Learning Institute. And um, it's good to have Bobby Hart here today. And um, i move his mic over so he can get, hop in here. Cool. Um, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself to everybody that's listening. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm Bobby Hart, uh, superintendent of Hope Public Schools in Hope, Arkansas been in the district for three years now and uh, we have uh, done some really neat things uh, a lot of it's a credit to uh, our tech tech staff uh, which Jeff heads up and and the work that uh, the co-op has done with us uh, in David's work so uh, we're we're thrilled about being a part of this uh, uh, radio cast with Mixler and uh, it's 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 really fun yeah, we're, I'm excited you, you know, it's, we've had great support from you and Phoebe Bailey, uh, director at the co-op, and uh, this is a little experiment that we hope we can make grow and that we can get more teachers and more students involved in. So uh, I got you on the air today, and I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Well, I want to first say, <laughs> the main reason that I'm as, as supportive as I am is uh, with, with this and, and other things that you all have done, uh, it, it's a great way for us to model what it is we'd like to see our teachers do more of. You know, uh, and really, it's living. You guys are living proof that anybody can do this. <laughs> uh, exactly. Gee, doesn't gee, take, thank you. Yeah, that's a resounding vote of confidence. Uh, it doesn't take you know a whole lot of technical skills, but you, which you all both have. But uh, it uh, just uh, a few few tools and the willingness to get in, and roll your sleeves up, and just try. 
and uh, I, I checked your numbers uh, a few days ago, and you guys had, uh, at some point in time, you've had up to 600 listeners, not all at one time, but uh, that, that speaks to the power of, of the Internet and the power of, of the technology you're using that, you know, two guys who have a passion for educational technology and tech in general uh, can generate that level of interest in a relatively short amount of time with absolutely no advertising, no beefing up. Uh, your listenership is just uh, through word of mouth and through you know digital connections. So uh, my hat's off to you guys. I think you're doing something really innovative and really neat and, and using some tools that are really uh, accessible to all of our staff. Well, thanks. Sir. So thanks now I'll that. sit That's in awesome. the hot seat. Yeah, yeah now, now that you've what? buttered us up. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're gonna, now that you've been really nice to us, so here's the hard questions. Do you like school? No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> really, so the first thing, you and I discussed this. Just so you know, I'm not really good. We wouldn't get you on the show and just throw hard stuff at you. But charter schools, you know, that's a big one. It's hit, hard, it's hit Arkansas. It's been here for a while. Sure. And uh, we've talked about its relevance. It's good and it's bad. You know, what it can do for public, public education and what it might sure could harm public education. Well, what do you think about it? I think, first of all, you need everybody needs to understand exactly what a charter school was designed to do. A charter schools, uh, my opinion and the research that I've done and, and, and what education I have in regard to charters, they were designed with the idea of being laboratories uh, to, to find out what best practices are out there that, that are really going to help drive student success. Um, there have been some... Uh, private entities in the in the last several years that have, have, have realized that there uh, may or may not and I, I say there may or may not there there are some some dollars to be made uh, in the charter school business uh, my hats off to anybody that wants to, to try to help you know help students succeed and if they make a dollar in the in the in, in the meantime that's that's all well and good one of the things that I'm really excited about is, is the idea of a public charter where current or existing school districts can, can uh, apply for uh, those, those waivers that are declared charter status and would have uh, an opportunity to, to implement some of those innovations and some of those uh, best practices that uh, we think uh, could probably increase student achievement. Yeah, that's... You know, it's interesting you talk about it being like a lab, you know, like a like a startup. I mean, it's really kind of what it is. It's an entrepreneurial look for us to find the best way to provide the best, you know, yeah. w widget for our kids. Right, and and I think you have to go into it with the idea that you know uh, what is best for a certain block of kids, uh, because there's no such thing as a one size fits all approach to education. Uh, kids in different parts of the country, kids in different parts of our state, uh, kids from different economic backgrounds, kids with different experiences, the, the innovations that are necessary there, some of those are gonna be different depending on the locations. Um, you know, some, some uh, charters require uniforms, some charters uh, ask for extended school days. There's a lot of things there that, that you could could put into your charter that would make it unique. What I would hope that that if and we're we've, we're exploring currently those opportunities for conversion charters uh, in our district. What I would hope is that we would look for what fits our kids best and what uh, what is going to 
not guarantee because there are no guarantees, but what would would promote learning in our school system with our students uh, at a higher rate? And uh, those are the things we're currently looking at. What what waivers? What you know? What best practices do we need to implement? Uh, as a district, and if charter status is one of those things that would help give us the flexibility to to uh, to implement some of those things, then hey, maybe we'll, we'll consider applying. You, don't you think so. those? I like to use the word incubator. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing in startups is to build a workspace, a learning space, so that you're going to incubate this idea. Right. You know, for us, I could see us taking those incubators with the concept of STEAM and STEM, uh, fine arts and really finding out what's great for our community. I mean, is that where you see it going for right. us at Hope and, and, and what I'd like to see as a, as a district leader, uh, I'm currently in the midst of writing a dissertation that I hope someday will be finished. <laughs> uh, and it's based around project-based learning. And um, that, uh, and so I've, in, in looking at the research and, and looking at the literature, uh, John Dewey's approach to, to uh, to what schools should look like or what schools could be, uh, he mentioned, makes mention of the fact that you have to spur that child's interest or find what interests that child and then educate them around those modes. Uh, so I think you know, we're, we here at Hope have done some work with uh, career academies in our high school. They're in that beginning phase. Uh, this is our first year to complete those and, and uh, we hope to continue to grow our academies to where you know we right now we have three academies uh, business banking and law health and human services and uh, stem and we'd hope to expand those uh, and give kids a more specific career or uh, specific vocational based uh, background in, in, in all of those so I, I think if you if you put a hook into a kid no matter what that hook is we need to we need to explore the fine arts uh, as, a, as one of our academies because uh, there are a lot of kids that uh, are interested in not just music and dance but uh, sculpture, painting, whatever. Uh, and we need to give those kids the opportunity to, to express themselves in that way but also to base their, uh, their learning uh, uh, through those, those endeavors. So, taking taking that line of thought, I mean, this is where my brain goes, and if I'm way off base, by all means, you know, you can say no. Uh, but, but, all right. So, you already have the the banking uh, courses academy that you have. Um, you're looking at at fine arts. Um, I, I don't know. One of the things that pops into my head is. Um, if you have students who are interested in, say, let's say they're interested in making music, um, it could be whatever. You get, they would be a rock band, okay? So you have some students that they want to make the music, and then you have other students who they're interested in, say, the fashion side of that, right? And other folks who are, other students who are interested in the graphic design, let's make, you know, what's the logo for this band gonna be? What's this? And then you have the, the whole other back-end you know, back office marketing type stuff, and and how does you know how does booking bands sure. work? How does you know how does all that stuff go together so that boom, here's your next super band, and that's an entire group project. You know, you're talking about project based learning. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's a whole project that covers all kinds of different subject areas. Uh, you know, that to me, I I, I guess that's kind of where I'm going with all this. Is I, I guess that's sort of one of the things that I see in terms of what you could do maybe with 
charters and or academies? Sure. You know, the kids uh, that graduate from high school today or, or last month, uh, they're going to be – the research says that they'll, they'll have at minimum 12 different careers, mm-hmm. not just 12 different jobs, but 12 different careers. Sure. Which means – 12 different fields that they'll be working in uh, you need to be able to, to we need to be able to provide them with as many glimpses of what the real world looks like sure. uh, as we can because that's the only way they're going to find their niche right. is uh, you know they may go into it with the idea that I want to be involved in music but then through the course of the school year and through the course of their studies they realize you know the back side of music the marketing the the that you like you mentioned uh, sure. the financial side may be uh, a piece they want to get into or the fashion side of it you know uh, i don't think we can ever i think that's what's really wrong with us today in today's world or of education is that we've we've tried to make it a one size fits all yeah. and yeah that doesn't apply and that's why like we, when we talk about charters the world today is full of choices mm-hmm. and uh, even kids in rural South Arkansas uh, because of the technology and because they're exposed to so much they and their families have some choices mm-hmm. and, and that's good and what we've got to do is change our model the model of you know seven periods a day the bell rings and right. the brick and mortar We've got to step back and say, okay, that model's going to have to change because if it doesn't change, Darwin was right. You know, it's going to fail if we right. don't. You know, it's not the strongest will survive; it's the one that's the most adaptable mm-hmm. is going to survive. And we've got to adapt to what it is society and uh, the the, uh, the future of economics uh, of the country dictate. You know, we've got to adapt and change our our model to meet uh, the needs of not to, you know, we keep saying the 21st century, but guys, we're a decade plus into the 21st century. That logo was great when we first thought of it 15 yeah, right. years ago. Well, look, education for the 21st century. Now we're, yeah, you know, we're, let's, let's, let's start t- focusing on the second decade of, or the third decade, I guess it would be of the, of the 21st century. Because you, know, you think about it like it's not mean to cut you off, but, uh, kids who, gra- who who enter kindergarten in 2015, in 2027, they're going to – did I do the math right? Yeah. Uh, in 2027, they're going to graduate from high school. Right. W- think about that. 2027, what is the world going to look like? Because you, right. you just go back 12 years from – from today yeah. and what did the world look like what did education look like yeah there was no iphone there weren't that's right yeah. that's there, there was no any a lot of the stuff a lot of the, yeah i was just gonna say a lot of the stuff that we're the doing stuff that now we're doing in education didn't even exist 12 right. years ago right so uh, we've got to try to 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 adapt to what we think is going to happen in the future um that's scary because there are no definites and but we see the trends we see the trends that are developing and you know, there's there's a lot of research out there that says uh, eventually uh, we could get to a point where uh, the brick and mortar school is no longer the model. It may be a piece of the model, but uh, brick and mortar. I don't think it will ever go away. Right. Um, 
but it's going to have to change. Sure. It's going to that model is going to have to. I think at a certain level, from age three to about thirteen, we need those kids in schools. Uh, but after that age 13, 12, 13, once you've got solid reading and, and arithmetic skills, sure, basic sure. skills in place that they know how to read and, and write and, and read for, for content purposes, um, education is going to change. It has to because yeah. the world's changing. Uh, you know, used to you would never hear of a kid going to college at age 13. It's right. becoming more and more commonplace now. We were just we were just I, talking about I was just going to say that's a – Perfect. That's, well, you're segueing into a question that you don't know about, but we were going to ask you, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it in now because one of the questions we had written to ask you about is, I wonder why more schools aren't promoting skills-based advancement. Oh, uh, see, because that's exactly what I mean, you're it ties, that ties about. exactly with what you were just talking about. Uh, we were talking about Taylor Wilson. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Taylor Wilson, the, the, the boy genius, the nuclear physics kid. You know. He graduated high school at what 13 or 14 and went to you been out to California and is already you know splitting the atom and doing all that kind of stuff and we have some of those kids that do that kind of sure. thing but I think we're seeing uh, I, you know I happen to know that some kids in our summer school system came in and finished the entire summer school in a week yeah. and were like hey I can get right through this stuff uh, so yeah what are your thoughts on that well uh, the reason that it does, hasn't happened at a faster rate is because it's it's so far out of the norm and the fear of what's it going to look like if we let everybody do that you know that's that's scary to the norm um we started two years ago uh i believe it was two years ago we started uh a mastery based standards based grading system at our k-4 primary school that was a tough tough sled for a number of reasons uh parents still expect to see an abcd grade uh they that took a little while to get used to that rubric of one two three four sure um and, and they're still not all there yet but you know we're in year we're going into year three next year so over time you're still going to have that initial set of parents you know every year that well, wait a minute my kid got a three and I think he should be an eight does that translate to a B what does that mean right um, so it's a, it's such a, a, a culture shift from what the public is used to in schooling that skills based or mastery based uh, achievement or, or grading is uh, it's just it's a tough sled it's tough undertaking yeah. and, and only you know the only folks that are that are, are really undertaking it right now are uh, K four K five buildings. A lot of places, um, because once you once a kid starts getting into secondary and especially into high school, you start looking at GPA to get into college. Right. And so our partners at Higher Ed have to realize that that learning and what it looks like and assessments have to change some at their level. Just just on the entrance requirements sure um, sure you know I, there are a number of schools uh a lot of them prestigious universities uh that no longer uh take act scores or sat scores uh they you simply apply write your essay they evaluate and and, and they look at your at what skill sets you have coming oh, in yeah uh 
what we and that's to me that makes a lot of sense uh but the the the, the accountability that that Com- common core placed out there for mm-hmm. us is a great starting spot to say uh right, these are the standards that we expect our kids to be at when they leave grade 12. right and then higher ed could look at that and say these are the skills and the areas that we expect our our incoming freshmen to be able to know and do when they come in that's you know uh it's just a it's a tough political push uh like it or not good or bad uh education as a whole whether it's public or private is still a political football sure and uh, you know you know it's funny it's sad it's true talking about you know there's the one hinge you know is uh getting our friends in the uh the post-secondary world to jump on board with us and getting the community to accept sure. that change. We had I had conversations with a local attorney, very respected, very well-educated man, who asked me, uh, his son was in the third, second or third grade, and said, look, what does a three mean? Do my kid, I don't understand this. you know." Right. And so um, it's for someone of that background in education to not have a full understanding uh, you can imagine someone who, you know, whose parents may have dropped out of high school, or a student whose parents don't have all that education. They they fall back to what they know, and they knew A, B, C, or D, and that's that's you know. I saw a graphic on Twitter the other night about you know it had five or six kids listed in a grade book. You know, student A, B, C, D, and E, and and each of them had different grades throughout the grading period, but they all came out to a 79 at the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the question was, which one learned more, which one learned what? Right, you know? yes. And, of course, there's no way There's you no can, way to know yeah, by just know, the yeah. regular. So uh, I, I'm a very big proponent of the, of the, of the mastery-based or standards-based evaluation, but it's a major overhaul in what the norm is uh, in education. And, and as you know, education is like, you know, tr- like a lot of things in society, it's like trying to turn a – submarine and a canal it, well, it doesn't happen very fast everything we've right. bit or like easily the huge bite we've all taken in education in whole public schools i mean we do that at clinton and then one-to-one blended learning i mean the, the you know yeah the we, speed of change yeah for education for public education mm-hmm. in this country is so great i mean so that i'm segueing into you know one-to-one you know we've labbed that thing we've been incubating one to one for three years right. and we have successes and we have but you, there's not one thing that you can call it a, you can't call the whole process for us a, a quantitative success right. uh, because number one our data is is fluctuates so much and we and and there's so many things that have to fall in line in order for that implementation to be truly effective you know Number one, the teachers have to, classroom teachers have to want to use the tools. Exactly. If they don't have a yearning or see a need for those tools, uh, it's just one more thing added to the teacher's plate. I realize that year three, you know, right. the light comes on for me. Uh, I'm not the fluffiest biscuit in the pan, so it takes me a little while. But it, it really, if teachers don't, if it's not something they see a need for, it's really difficult to get that implemented sure. in the classroom. Uh, secondly, I think providing, making sure you've got the infrastructure there that can support those tools um, 
And when I say support, that's a whole lot of stuff from not just making sure that kids can log in, but that you've got security measures uh, to protect the device itself, security measures to protect the student. Uh, this, you know, that infrastructure is huge, and we've built that but we built it while we're in the air, like building yeah. an airplane while All in the air. All of this has been just, yeah, let's yeah. add the wings today. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> hey, we have a need for, you know, extra propulsion. We need, you know, and, and so we've, we've developed that over time. And I think we've got a good system in place, uh, top to bottom, and we're still evolving. And that's, I think that's been the, the hardest thing for me to accept is you can't just roll out the device and everybody start utilizing it to its fullest potential. I think that's right. happened across the country and around the world with devices. And, and it goes back to the to what I've read, learned, and, and witnessed. It's not about the device or the tool. It's got to be about the instruction and how it fits into the instruction. Right. Uh, you know, a good classroom teacher, you can give a good classroom teacher a stick and a rock, and they can go teach Pythagorean theory. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. So if you give them a great tool to work with, they're going to start figuring out, okay, they'll, they'll do the exploration on their own. That teacher that, I don't want to say mediocre, but that teacher who's been in the profession 10 or 15 years and teaches the way they were taught or teaches to comfort, uh-huh. um, they're a little more reluctant to start using tools like, like Mixler or um, you know a whole variety of, of products from an iPad to just a smart board. And there's the right. big thing, the giant overwhelming wave of technology that our teachers are hit with. Yeah. You know, the other thing I think is our kids, you, you remember the old days when we would fill our, our, our little boxes full of everything we needed for the year? Sure. And you got those matte pencils, and it, you never really used those matte pencils, but like twice. But and they, it was were, always, they, but they were, were in, in there. The, in there, and, and that's what I, you know, I'd like to see our teachers realize is we're going to provide you a basic set of tools as a classroom teacher, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be a MacBook and Apple TV or whatever. The tools not as important is the usage and implementing it in your classroom. Um, you know, the device, you know, we could go with Chromebooks or we could go with what the device is not as important as being able to, to, to develop lessons and engage students around those lessons. Um, I think we missed the boat because we spend so much time worrying about uh, the device. And, you know, we have teachers that for years they've had smart boards in their room and now then, you know, they've got an opportunity to move to Apple TVs and, and they're upset, or not upset, but they're reluctant and, and, and really, if I had to do it all over again, I think I would wait for teacher. I don't want to say wait, but, but I, I, I think we, we would probably wait for a little more teacher push to have those devices. Right. Um, but I also know that if you wait for the perfect time, you'll never start that diet. Oh, yeah, no, you'll that's, never start that exercise right. plan. Yeah, you'll never have that first we're child. We're if we do right. we're yeah. if so we don't. We, I'm glad we pushed out. Uh, we've got those pockets of excellence in our district, just like they're everywhere. I think, I, and I meant to say this earlier, we get really frustrated. I know I, as, a, as an administrator, and Jeff as our tech coordinator, we have 
constant conversations, I have to remind myself, you know, we're, we, we're pretty well connected. You know, I, I, as, as Jeff says, I get on the Twitter all the time and, uh, <laughs> and I'm looking at all these teachers and administrators and folks that are really utilizing their technology. And I'm thinking, man, why, aren't, why doesn't my school look like that? Mm-hmm. My school does look like that. Yeah. My school looks like, just like the school they're teaching in, has one or two or a pocket of excellence right. that is doing that. And, and until we, as a, as a profession, really accept and embrace the opportunities that are there, I think we'll continue to have those pockets of excellence, and it's going to frustrate our kids because I go to second period, and I've got these really engaging lessons, and I've got this teacher that lets me explore and find out, and I'm learning, and I'm excited about being there. The bell rings. I go to third hour, and I'm getting a lecture for 45 minutes. Right. And you know, I, not that there's anything wrong with lecture. You know, uh, if you sit in a good lecturer's classroom, that's a great way to, to – sure. But that doesn't need to be the driving force behind my instruction always. So, you know, I, I've learned a lot. Uh, I don't have a plan necessarily, that a master plan of how to make it happen. I think if districts are going to go to a one-to-one initiative, uh, first thing is make sure your teachers are on board and are ready to, ready to accept what the powers that they've got. If they're not ready, you, you, you've got to try to make them ready. Mm-hmm as best you can, but uh, if they're not ready, it's going to be a slow, hard process. Well, and and do you think some of that getting ready, though, is also from the the perspective that um, some of the hesitation with the various tools is, you know, to me, my thinking is along these lines that, you know, if I give you a hammer, here I've given you a tool, but if I don't show you what to do with that hammer, how to use that hammer, and how to use it effectively, appropriately, then who knows what you're going to do with that hammer, right? Yeah, you but, know, so and what I, I'm hearing you say, if I'm, I'm misinterpreting, let me know, but I'm hearing you say, you know, better and more front-end loaded PD for teachers on how to implement and how to use. Uh, I, I understand, and, and, and if that's what you're intending but yeah, well partly or at least and and i have no idea i'm i'm not an administrator I, you know, i'm a tech guy so i'm not sure how these pieces fit together but um if anything the freedom the of course i realize you know part of this the teachers themselves have to have the drive the want to um but even if you just if you give them the tools and 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 they are allowed to play with those tools for lack of a better description learn how to use those tools now i'm not saying they have to be the best carpenter in the world to use this hammer but they have a general understanding an ipad a macbook they have a general understanding enough to say okay i got i got an idea but then of course the other side of that is they also have to be willing to turn that open to the students and say you guys know how to do this stuff way more than i do I've got the content knowledge. I know what I want you to do with this as an end result. How you get there, though, blah, here's all these tools. Well, that, <laughs> you know, that requires something that, uh, that adults are not typically, not just teachers, but adults in general are not typically comfortable doing, and that's l- releasing control right. of something. Uh, a lot of things can happen when you just let control of certain things. I, you know, I'm not saying 
lose control of the classroom. I'm saying let go of the control of the learning. Uh, let go of that and let kids go where they want to go or, you know, let them find what they need to find. Sure. Uh, let them discover on their own some things. Guide them, direct them. And that's, that's what I'd like to see the role of the teacher develop into is – uh, I'm not the sage on the stage that has all the answers and I'm the keeper of the knowledge. I'm the facilitator that's going to help you get to where it is you want to go or find out more about what it is you want to know. As far as handing a kid a device, and uh, I've never had a child ask me. I was in the classroom for a while and been in uh, central office administration now for three or four years and been a building principal. Long story short, I never handed a kid a computer and said, and that child look at me and say, well, I need some professional development on this. Exactly. Uh, That that is very true. That's your right. I I think I can use this. Right. Uh, And all you got to do is just give them some some push in a direction and then let their imagination take over. Even that most reluctant of learners, when you give them a tool that engages them the way some of our digital technologies can engage them, they're going to find a place to go. All they need is somebody to push them in a direction right. that is an appropriate and learning direction. So. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are you're doing this on purpose. So, you know, one of the topics we wanted to discuss that was blended learning. And, and that's it. I'm Captain Segway. You are Captain Segway. <laughs> you make my job easy. I, I, I'm between you two. You guys could talk forever. And it's usually me. That's interesting. Anyway, but um, now I was going to say blended learning, you know, we were talking about it earlier. There's so blended learning has become a what's the word? I, I want to use the word promiscuous. It's no, a, it, no that, that's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it, it encompasses so many things now because we have so many avenues to do that. You know, we have virtual Arkansas, which is not. We were talking. Is that really blended learning? Is 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 it blended learning or is it not blended learning? You know, to me. It's it's not, but yeah, it kind of is. There's live instructions, and the kids are still doing stuff online, and uh, and you hit it on the head about letting con- loose of control of the classroom. That's it. That's the key to, you know, blended learning. Is that okay? We're going to do this, and then I'm going to let you do this on your own. That's tied into this, and yeah, I think we have to try to to lose the idea that uh, every definition of blended learning needs to be the same. What I call blended Good. learning is, is uh, you know, there's going to be part of our coursework that is done digitally that, that is going to be done outside of the classroom, and there's going to be part of our coursework where you and I sit down and have some face-to-face interaction. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's truly blended learning. Um, it doesn't have to all be teacher-led. It could be just uh, it could be a conversation I'm a big proponent of the Socratic method let me ask you a question and let's start pulling out answers and what you know about that uh, from your answers and you know I can guide and we can say well let's find out more about that by looking at this website or let's find out more about that by doing something different Um, you know so the definition itself I don't think we should get so caught up in you know, we've got blended learning. We've got flipped classrooms. There's, you know, all these vernacular, yeah. all these terms that, um, you know, if somebody says, well, I, I, I'm a proponent of blended learning, uh, that immediately is going to turn off that person maybe that says, well, I like my, to flip my classroom. In right. essence, they're the same thing to me. Right. So 
but the idea and the concept of blended learning is, is going to help us change that model of what school looks like. Mm -hmm. It's no longer, I mean, you, you look in the real world, um, well, look no farther than my office. Uh, I'm having to put together a presentation, I'm speaking to a group uh, next month, and I was putting together a Prezi and couldn't get it to embed uh, a TED talk that I'd found. And it was, I found it on TED, and, and so I, you know, instead of doing it myself, which I probably should have done, I asked my tech guy, and, and he said, well, let's look it up. And I thought, man, I could have done that myself. Why didn't I? We just Googled embedding TED talk into, sure. into a Prezi. Uh, that's the way everybody gets information now yeah. is, you know, I have an eight-year-old son, and he uh, is, he likes to do uh, touchcast videos of his video games and, or whatever yeah. he's doing. Well, he couldn't, same thing, he couldn't get something to work, and he came to me and asked, I said, son, you just need to find out on your own because I, I can't tell you how to do it. Right. Uh, he goes, he Googles how to get such and such into a test touch cast mm -hmm. um, at, at eight so don't tell me that a 15 year old sitting in a high school classroom right. has to be told everything to do right uh, let's teach him the concepts let's teach that 15 year old the ideas about world war ii or mm -hmm. whatever or gerunds whatever it is we're studying right. in english right. class or social studies or whatever give him the 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 basis of what it is and where you want him to get to and then let's turn him loose and let him go a little bit on his own guide him as he needs to be guided um, you know and, and it all boils down to how efficient and effective and comfortable that teacher is letting go of control right. and when that teacher is is comfortable in that setting uh, and, and as administrators, we have to, I'm talking to principals and superintendents and curriculum coordinators, we've got to understand that we've got to let teachers make mistakes. Right. And it's okay to make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with it. So, okay, the kid went to a website that he shouldn't or uh, a kid, something happened and the lesson didn't go as planned. That's fine. What do we learn from it? Let's learn from it and do it differently do it better the next time yeah exactly what, what what changes do you make so that it doesn't happen again or when it does happen or you see the you know kind of that path sort of unfolding in front of you how do you you know divert that path how do you change so I want to take this all the way back around to something we were talking about earlier in that one of the things that you know you had talked about was higher ed Right. So in your experience and in your opinion, um, when you see teachers, especially teachers who are just now coming into in, into education, right, and they're coming in and, and even just fresh out of college, they still have some of that, you know, preach and teach. I'm the sage on the stage we, we because all. higher ed is still, for the most part, that's how they're modeling the folks that they are teaching come into education how much does all of that come into but play at, but at the same time they're, they're they're trying as hard as they can to get away from it too. true think about it, true you know, some, i mean you're some looking are. at some of the largest universities you know phoenix and those you know, they're completely they're online. completely online you know there's there's a bunch of schools moving that and, and maybe that's just a bigger you know truck to move because you know we're dealing with three thousand kids and you know 
19,000 kids. They're dealing with 30,000, 40,000. Well, it's that that shift in in the norm, though. And that's it. Right. It's so. You're talking about tenured profs that have been there for 35 years, and they're not, they've got those notes, they're embedded in that chalkboard where they wrote them 25 years ago. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm not, hey, listen, I'm not erasing that chalkboard. (laughs) And, 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 you get a lot of, uh, uh, there are a lot of, of higher ed folks that, that get it, uh, and they feel the same way that we feel in, in, in K-12. Uh, but again, you're moving that needle societal, in society's eyes, is, is moving that needle is extremely difficult. Uh, right. Because there's so many norms that are out there in regard to what college should look like. As I mentioned earlier, I'm finishing a dissertation, and and, uh, the vast majority of my doctoral work has been done online. Right. Uh, I don't think that that I'm any less informed about my educational leadership than anyone else who's gone through the program. Sure. Uh, It's just that I got that I was able – it was really – to me, it was more um, uh, important – I don't want to say important, but uh, it was embedded in me a lot greater because the I wasn't just being fed information. Right, right. I had to go out and find information on my sure. own, and uh, you know I, I think. But higher ed is uh, it's a tough sled, <laughs> just uh, education in general, because it's everybody's been to school. It's kind of right. like being a little league, <laughs> kind of like playing little league baseball. Yeah. Everybody thinks that because you played little league baseball, you should be able to manage the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. You know, I, they have an opinion about it, uh, about sure. their favorite team. Well, same thing applies in, it, in the classroom. Most everybody has gone to school. Right. So, therefore, they want to voice their opinion. They want it to look like school was when they were in school. Right. So, uh, this has been fun. Hey, I'm uh, sorry, I was tweeting. Twittering? Tweet. Tweeting? Uh, tweeting, thank you. <laughs> that you're make making up, up words. You just make up words. I That's, like to make up words. So, yeah, I was putting that out there. Um, Sorry to keep you so long. I no, hope that's hey, all right. No. This has been great chat, and we'll have you back again for sure. I hope I haven't bored anybody. I haven't. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Harry Dickens. Uh, Harry chatted in, and we missed it completely because we were talking, and he said the same thing you did. You know, get out of the way, teachers. Give it to the kids and let them, you know, go crazy. But I uh, want to thank Bobby Hart, superintendent of schools of Hope Public Schools, for being here with us today. Um, we're going to take a small break so that we can uh, gather our stuff together and check all of our phones because I think we've been blowing up while we've been sitting here. We're going to take a three-minute break to give you a little music out there, and we'll be right back with EduTech, guys. Thank you. 
Hey, welcome back to uh, Edutech Guys. Uh, this is radio.edutechguys.com. It was uh, Tim Goins and a tune called Faux Pop. Just put a little music in there. We had to uh, catch up real quick and let you know what's going down. Um, so we want to thank uh, Superintendent Bobby Hart, Superintendent of Hope Public Schools, for coming by and chatting with us. We had a nice long chat, discussed a lot of stuff. If you have anything you want to say about that, let us know at edutechguys uh, on Twitter. You can also visit us www.edutechguys.com at the bottom you'll find a nice form you can fill out and send us an email and tell us how beautiful we are and how lovely we speak um, <laughs> also, you, can, you can also use that form uh, if uh, you'd like to uh, appear on the show if you want to be a guest we can get you in here in a variety of ways so um, if if you are of the mindset that we don't necessarily speak as beautifully as, as Jeff is purporting, <laughs> um, and you would like to take over part of the show by all means, uh, drop us a line. Uh, you can also tweet us directly. Uh, I am David in Ark, so that is at David in Ark, and Jeff is at J Madlock. Uh, feel free to drop us a line. Hey, I uh, wouldn't want to finish up here really quick. Um, last thing we'll talk about today is uh, tonight is, not tonight, tomorrow night is um, normally Ark Ed Chat. Yeah. Uh, if you're not doing Twitter chats, I highly recommend it. Um, on uh, Twitter right now, if you check out our feed, you'll see a link to a wonderful site that has every educational hashtag that this person has compiled. And it even has Arcade Chat in there. Um, also, um, in that same tweet, you will find uh, a link to the, um, the next page that has the schedules of all of us. Which that, I would say that is one of the coolest things that I have, have seen in terms especially in terms of having essentially one place you can go and find out what the schedule is for particular ed chats that you would like to follow and all kinds of it's and it's it's you know they are which ones are state-based for example florida ed chat michigan ed chat which are content-based there's the math ed chat there's um, the curriculum one, which I'm not even going to pretend to try to pronounce, but there's there's one for curriculum. I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch for curriculum, but uh, anyway, it's very cool. Yeah, really cool. And 
does a lot of fun. You know, get in your favorite recliner, grab your favorite, uh, you know, beverage, uh, iced tea, Coca-Cola, whatever it is, and uh, <laughs> grab you a snack or two and sit back in the chair. Um, highly recommend TweetDeck. If you'll follow, if you'll use TweetDeck, you can follow several ongoing Twitter chats at one time, and you'll find a lot out there um, on the educa in educational Twitter chats. Most states have one that is, uh, you know, a Tennessee state chat and the Arkansas state chat and, and that kind of thing. And then you'll find several, I mean, hundreds and thousands, well, hundreds, uh, definitely covering your area, your curriculum area, and any ideas that you might have about education. Uh, I promise you'll make a lot of friends, you'll get more Twitter, fo Twitter followers, you'll Absolutely. follow more folks, and you'll find a lot more feed feeds out there. So um, I tell you what, we this show has gone by so quick. It seems like we just sat down and it's done. Uh, this really did. This yeah. was, this was, this was great. So um, uh, I guess we're going to finish up. So all right. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I want to uh, give a, a huge thank you to Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative uh, here in Hope, Arkansas. That is where I work, and uh, and also out to Hope Public Schools where Jeff works. Uh, we couldn't do this if it wasn't for their support. Uh, in uh, helping us uh, or, or letting us <laughs> do this. I uh, definitely want to thank everyone who stopped by today. We appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, drop us a line, by all means. We want to hear, you know, good, bad, ugly. Um, and uh, we'll be here next week. I'll be on vacation, uh, but I hope to join while I'm out in San Antonio. So we'll see how that works. And, uh, I think um, it'll work out great. Don't yeah. forget to follow us on Twitter at EduTechGuys. You can catch us www.edutechguys.com. And anytime you want to on Wednesday at 3 p.m., radio.edutechguys.com. I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm David Henderson. We'll see you in the funny papers. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.